All right, do it over. Just that last part. So we got to start all the way from the beginning? No, no, no. Just since like, the... You mean beginning of the episode? Since the commercial break. This is definitely not making my, my top producers anymore. Bleep you, AJ. Ohio State wins! <laughs> Fuck Ohio State. Start from the beginning. <laughs> That's a lot for me to remember, <laughs> Justice. Kevin's gonna have to remember all ten provinces again. <laughs> he still didn't even name all ten provinces. Oh. Alright. So, Alright, go. Bikini line dockside waiting for a ride on my jumbo. Samuel cuts it back. Ohio State wins! I want my heart to stop. Let's go, man. That is as good as it gets. I represent me in this issue. Thank you very much. Have a great day. The ruling on the field, a touchdown is confirmed. Fourth and two now. You've got to get two yards. I don't know. I don't think so. No way. Kentucky wins. Welcome to the Peace of Mind podcast. I'm Kevin Jackson. I'm all, as always, with AJ Nance. How's it going, AJ? Hanging in there, man. How are you? Been pretty good. Been a little minute. Good to have you back. Yeah, uh, likewise. Good to be back. I feel you, like both uh, of us doing a little traveling. Yeah, trying to trying to see some of some more of this great uh, country and you know continent that we call North America. It's a beautiful place. Beautiful place. You know, the further I go west, the more I realize like there's so much that I haven't seen in just America, more or less like the world. I want to say I was like I just saw that ninety percent of the U.S. Western states are government owned. Really? Yeah, it's like protected land. It was pretty interesting, but. Where'd you go? Um, I went to San Diego. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of the statement now, but yeah, uh, Wells Vagina as San Diego. <laughs> More, nah, I forget what he said. He said discovered by the Germans in the 14th century or something like that. Uh, but yeah. Uh, it was great. I uh, it's my first time going to San Diego. Um, I've been to California many a times, but first time going to San Diego, and it was one of the places that I always had written down as like somewhere I'd want to go travel because um, I used to have a, a boss, and she was from California, and they used to always make fun of me because I hated going outside in the sun. And they're like, "Well, what kind of weather do you like?" I'm like. Psh. 70s cloudy nice breeze no humidity and she was like oh you need to go to san diego it's like that every day and so from that point i was like oh yeah this is a place that i yeah really really want to go (laughs) what did you go for i didn't even realize you were going yeah so i went for i've actually got two friends getting married um this summer reese uh miller and brad holler so we went out there to celebrate they're both uh, bachelor parties, and uh, it was dope, man. It was really, really dope. And 
I will say like probably one of the highlights of going out there was the San Diego Zoo. It's it's incredible. It's like but it's like a it's a feat. Like you have to you have to like set aside copious amounts of time to like truly get out of that zoo what you can. Because if you just go in there thinking that you're gonna um take that in like you would do in a regular day at maybe like the Nashville zoo or somewhere like that. Uh, It's just not the same monster. And um, like the way that they have it laid out and how, like how many exhibits and stuff they have, like you could honestly probably split it up into two or three days and get out of it each day, what you probably get out of like a different city zoo. So it was pretty, it was pretty dope, man. What did you? What was the what was the most favorite thing you saw? You know, I'm a bear man, so uh, they had twin grizzly bears. Those were kind of cool. Um, they had a ton of snakes, and like just like the different variations of snakes is like insane to me. See, uh, I love also, that. Also, very troubling. Like. Somebody has to go in there. Like, there's, <laughs> I always think about this, but like, you know, people have to go in there and like feed the animals, right? Uh-huh. Or like at least open like a little container and feed the animals. And I'm sure there's something like on the back side of those exhibits that they can see like where the animal's at. But I know a lot of times, like, I'm like facing against the glass trying to find these snakes in there and can barely see them. So I'm sure like, Every once in a while, they open that little exhibit to get a surprise. And, I bet. <laughs> and they had um, one of the last ones that we saw in like the reptile reptile area was um, was the anaconda, and it just had like three dead rats, like big ass rats, like skunk sized rats, just chilling in there, just like yeah. Whenever he gets hungry, he's just gonna yep swallow that thing whole. <laughs> and I'm just like. And I always have like this idea of like what happens if one of like I was a good student, but I wasn't like a great student, you know, like I knew I was smart enough to get by. So a lot of times I didn't like super study hard when I was in undergrad. You know what I'm saying? But like mm-hmm. I was good enough that I was like, yeah, you know, I'll I'll manage. Like what if the person that created this uh, exhibits glass or something was like me and. <laughs> <laughs> just so happened not to do this job correctly right now, we'd all be in danger. And so I just think about that like all the time. Like that's wild. Um, they had a lot of bird exhibits, but like you could like walk in to like basically the bird cage and they were just flying around you, which is kind of nuts. That's pretty cool. Um, not any like big ass birds, but just like, like just a, I think like one exhibit would have like 40 different styles of birds and you could just walk in there and see them. And that was kind of cool. Um, but it was, I mean, like we went out there at probably like two, one thirty, two o'clock and we probably stayed to like five and we definitely didn't see everything, nor did we take like the bus tour around the property. So like there was still like a ton that we could have seen that we didn't see. That's pretty cool. I'm looking on the website and I see they got penguins, polar bears. They got that. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, like, like any typical zoo, it's kind of weird. Like 
Um, well, they got a condor. That's pretty cool. What? Condor, like the bird. They, I'm pretty sure like they were almost extinct. Hmm. Like mm-hmm. a, it's like a vulture almost. Oh uh, yeah, man. Birds, birds are scary, man. You start getting into like big ass birds. Yeah, those are scary. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, uh, what else did you guys do? Uh, oh, I got over my fear of riding birds. Uh, the little electrical scooter, man. Oh, uh, I thought you were talking about riding a bird like a pterodactyl. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> very. Uh, me and the emu. Uh, we just ran around. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> the little the electrical scooters. Um, finally rode one of those, and it was it was really kind of fun. Honestly, like I, you know, I've seen them around Nashville so often, and just kind of been like, these are dumb, these are a nuisance, these are in the way. But honestly, they were fun as hell, and like super convenient, like just to get from point A to point B and not have to like Uber. There was eight of us. So it's like cheaper, much cheaper to do that than Uber places. Uh, so we did that. Um, went out a couple days. I'm trying to think of what else we did. Really just hung out too. Like it was right on the water, like our Airbnb, which was awesome. So I saw you saw oh, Baker. I'm, yeah. Uh, went out a couple times and he was there. Uh Baker section, a little bit different than ours, but uh, <laughs> it was still kind of cool. Like, uh, <laughs> he got he bottles. Probably, I got bottles. <laughs> he got bottles. We had bottles. He had bitches. I'm not going to call my aunt no bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was, I mean, it was a pretty good time. Like, all in all, like, it'd definitely be a city that um, I would want to go back to and visit. Um, it's there's so much there. I didn't I didn't realize like the uh, uh, the is it the naval uh, Marines is like out there or no Navy, Navy SEALs Navy SEALs train there yeah yeah they train and, out there and, uh, the engine Marines in general. I didn't realize that. So there's a lot of stuff, but it's pretty cool, man. I'm pretty sure my cousin lives out there. He's a, <laughs> he's he's a Marine. He kind of got estranged from the family, so. But uh, nonetheless, uh, last time I went to San Diego, I think I was 11. Mm-hmm. We went to the Super Bowl Ooh, in San was Diego. Super Bowl, you said 11. That wasn't, let's see, 11, you would have, that would have been what, like 99? 2001. 90 or 2001. So that would have been, hold on, don't tell me. Is that the Broncos or Falcons? No, that was two thousand. Maybe it was maybe it was two thousand three, uh, because it was Oakland and the Tampa Bucks. Bay. Yeah, it was Jerry Rice and John Gruden and Rich Gannon and all those guys. Warren Sapp, I believe. Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks. Yeah, I didn't realize Warren Sapp and Ray Lewis were on the same team in college. Mm-hmm. And The Rock, don't forget about him. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I was in San Diego, but where were you on your trip? Man, I was in the greatest place on earth. Disney World? In the middle of nowhere <laughs> in Ontario, Canada. Where's when the mid- where's when, the when are you gonna when are you gonna come up? When are you gonna come on the trip with us? No, man. 
Once I get these felony charges dropped and I can I can leave the country, I'll be up there. <laughs> Man, you wouldn't believe how easy it is to cross the border. Um, I think it was last year, both of my brother's passports were expired and they mm-hmm. let us cross. Um, this year, my brother forgot his son's uh, birth certificate. Oh, man. And they let us cross. Um, so, but it's a, it, like, it's an issue. So he's, it's like his ex-wife's son with another guy. Uh, so he doesn't have the same last name. Oh, uh, yeah. I can see where, where this is going. Yep. And so. So let me ask you this. So I've heard the story, but for like the people that are listening that haven't kind of break down, like, I think it's incredible just the things that you all do leading up to the trip. Like uh, I know you make a famous meal every, every year before you go up and then like the drive and like the track that you take, or like the course that you all take up there and then like how you actually get to the property. Yeah. So, so like, every year we, break. every year we go, my brothers and dad, a couple other friends and cousins, it's a guy's trip. We take it to, uh, to Ontario, Canada, to Western Ontario. And we, uh, it's just a fishing trip from anywhere to like nine to 14 days. And we drive from all different parts of the country and meet in International Falls, uh, Minnesota, which is right where the border, where the border crossing is, where the border patrol offices are. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so like I'm coming from Tennessee. My cousins live in Indianapolis. My brothers and dad live in Columbus, Ohio. A couple other people come from Phoenix. And um, so I drive to Indianapolis, which takes about five hours. Pick up my cousins and my brothers. And then we just drive through the night all the way up to uh, a city called Kenora, which is in Western Ontario. But... It's about how many miles is it? Let me check. From Nashville, Tennessee. I think it's like fifteen hundred miles. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. It's fifty. It's fifteen eighty three. Oh no no no. This is brilliant this podcast girl. audio for what it's worth. <laughs> Apple Maps. <laughs> Suck it, Justice. Oh, y'all are way up there. Y'all are damn near. Oh, okay, up there. it's it's twelve hundred miles. Pretty and close. That's one way. Yeah. So we get there. We'll spend the night in Kenora, and then which is a tiny little like fishing town. Mm-hmm. And then um, we'll get in a little plane at the docks that's in the water. And then um, we just throw the gear on there and then they just fly us out, land in the lake and uh, drop us off at the docks and they'll come and check on us like once or twice throughout the trip. Mm -hmm. But you just stay at the cabin and you fish all day, drink a lot of beer, drink a lot of whiskey, play cards. It's pretty incredible. Have you seen Husky the Muskie? I've not seen Husky the (laughs) Muskie. I don't even know what that is. Apparently, it's just this big ass fish that uh looks like a uh, it's a tourist attraction. It's like a big 
fish uh, statue or something. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's not that Think big. Nora. <laughs> I'm just looking at it like y'all are way on up here, man. That's crazy. So yeah, look up, look up Brown Bear Lake. One of my favorites. No, I'm just um, so it's so a like, hunting outpost. You can go. You like we didn't get a tag this year, but you can you can do like a you can get yourself a bear. You can what? Like shoot a bear. Oh no, I don't condone bear on bear violence. <laughs> so like you said, like y'all just fish and stuff. Like how early are you getting up to go fish? Like what? Are, That's the best part. Is you do whatever you want to. I think the earliest, I mean, like you can get up if you want to, but the whole like name of the trip is there's no rules. So there's no internet. There's no cell phone connection. There's a little bit of electricity. You got to use a generator for it, mm-hmm. but you do whatever you want. You could stay up all night. You can sleep in, you can go fishing. You could say, I don't want to fish today and just stay in. You can do whatever you want. So there's not a lot of early fishing, but uh, because you're so far north and it's summertime that it stays later. So like you can, there would be nights like we didn't go fishing until like seven o'clock at night. That's what I was going to ask. Like how, how long does it stay light out there? It was probably like it's in the end of May and the sunset was going down at like 1030. Damn. And and when's it coming up? Um, Honestly, I don't know. Like it's pretty early. I mean, before eight o'clock. Oh, so you got like damn near full full days worth of sunlight. Yeah, there's a lot of sunlight and there's a lot of fishing. Did you see my my big northern I caught? I did. I did. So like how how does the trip change for you now, like versus like when you were younger and used to go? Because like obviously now you said like, you know, your brother will take his kids and like some other people oh, yeah. uh, will come. Like, how's the trip different for you now versus Versus when you were younger, um, it's kind of turned into a beer drinking trip. <laughs> so like when you're younger, obviously you don't get to do that as much. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's you just kind of find a ways to entertain yourself because it's mostly all adults. But um, I don't know. I think the biggest difference is it's like you just get to disconnect from the world, and you like just it's like a you get to recharge you know mm-hmm. what i mean that's what i feel like the biggest need for it this year it's like i'm ready to just go get out of here and just like relax <laughs> and how how long was the trip this year i think it was 9 days 9 days was that northern is the biggest fish you caught yeah that's probably that's probably the biggest fish of the trip but Ooh. it's rel- it's relative though, because like that's a big northern, but you're never gonna catch a forty inch walleye. Right. You know what I mean? So like my brother caught a twenty nine and a half inch walleye, and like it was a monster. That would have been like me catching like a fifty five inch northern. Oh, okay, so like, do you go like when you all go out? Is is like they're like a we're going to go here and fish for northerners and here and fish for walleye, or is it just like, yep. we're going yep. out. And- Plus this is like the sixth time I've been to this lake. Mm-hmm. So like, you know exactly where everything is. So 
so are y'all staying in like the same y'all are staying in the same like area when y'all go and things or like do you switch that up at all well there's like last year we went to a different outpost this company mm-hmm. that we go to these outfitters canada outfitters they have like seven different cabins so gotcha we usually so they just put you in one of the seven yeah it's like one of their one whatever is available and like we get to choose which ones we go, we get to go to ah uh, so but yeah man you should come sometime listen at the threat of me not returning and having a sin for my wife would just be entirely too high you'd be surprised it's pretty incredible no that's what i'm saying like i would be so enamored that i wouldn't want to come home oh uh you know what's wild though is like you you know what after a certain amount of time like you are ready to come back i'm sure i'm sure it does but like it's one of those things too of like depending like you said it's it's good for you to recharge like depending upon how much recharging you need to do like hey you can get up there and get lost in time yep yep i'm looking at the uh the lake lodges now <laughs> it's not much to it man oh man they got deer or bear hunting try with you guys i see i i'm I'm not against hunting, but I have no desire to shoot a bear. See, I, I just feel like you sh- like the bear should get armed with a bow and arrow too. Like, just make it fair. Like, well, with that being said, they're really hard to find. Yeah, for for reason <laughs> they keep getting shot. I'd be yeah. hard to find too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just gonna be going out there having a, a willy nilly time. Y'all keep I've, shooting me. To be honest with you, I've only ever seen one bear, like in actual time, but I've seen mm-hmm. one on a trail cam up there that we put like, we'll put and we'll come get it three days later. Mm-hmm. But we've seen a, I've seen a bear. I've seen a lynx. Um, the bear actually was in the tree. <laughs> More terrifying seeing the bear or uh, riding a plane and then landing it in water. Oh, that's not a problem at all. That's a blast. I, for you, maybe. That sounds terrifying. That's not bad at all. You wouldn't be, like, you'd be surprised. That's not so bad. It's not nearly as bad as you think it is. I I would still have to be something I experienced once, and then maybe yeah. I can get over it. Yeah, you're going to have to come. Can you name any, how many providences of Canada can you name? Well, first off, they're provinces, not Providence. Uh, same thing. Uh, there's uh, obviously Ontario. Mm-hmm. There's um, Alberta. Yep. Uh, Saskatchewan. Yep. Is is Quebec? Uh, is, yep. is that a province? That's the farthest mm-hmm. east. Yeah. No, it's not the farthest east, though. Oh, it's not? Was, is it Manitoba? That's not That's not one, is it? Manitoba is one. Manitoba's in between Saskatchewan and Ontario. Okay. Yeah, that's where Winnipeg is, is, is in Manitoba. Yep. Um, uh, so I've got Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, Quebec. That's an order, right, from west to east? Uh, yeah, kind of. And then... Yep. Um, what is the last one? 
Um, oh, well, if I can get my map back, uh, Newfoundland. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one. Um, where's my map at? Uh, there's another one that we're missing. Um, and it's not really, it's so Newfoundland. Oh, British Columbia. Like, yeah. Is, is the furthest East. And then you got New Brunswick and Nova Scotia, which are right off of Maine. Oh, right. But that's all in, I, I think, no, those are different. Okay. So those are right outside of Quebec. And then, um, what's the last one? Do these count up here, I guess? The northern, the northern territory, northwest territories. Yukon. Oh yeah, Yukon. Yep. Northwest territories. It's wild. Like if you ever just like look at a globe, Alaska's like way up there. Like, yeah. And it's huge. It's <laughs> Alaska's enormous. It's half the United States, man. And it's basically Russia, which is also incredible. Yeah. Like it is right there. Let's see if you let's see if you went there to here. Ah, man, that gap. You would have to go. Yep, I was trying to see. Like, could you theoretically, like, if you took a ferry from Alaska to uh, Russia, trying to see how far you can make it around the world? Get pretty far. You could get to. Yeah. So, have you heard Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about this? Mm-mm. He talks about wait, like you're looking at the Bering Strait in between Russia and Canada. Yeah, and he talks about he talks about how Christopher Columbus coming to the Americas mm-hmm. is the most influential, most important event in human history. And he talks about that for that reason because, like, you know, African origins occur on um, like human origins occurring in Africa. And so mm-hmm. like, you know, they just keep going and then they make it over to China or Asia. And so they just keep going and they keep going and they keep going. And so they actually get to cross into Alaska because that was, there was a land bridge at the time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, humans spread into North America and South America. But then those two continents get cut off. Those two land masses get cut off. And so you essentially like what would happen in um in Australia would have happened with humans because I mean like the Vikings came over way before Christopher Columbus, but like they only ventured to a small part. So they didn't really and they never really I don't think they really ever settled. They kind of just came and left. So like Australia has been cut off for so long. You like that's why they have so many unbelievable animals, and they have mammals with pouches. Like the only place in the world with mammals with pouches, because they've been cut off for so long that they've kind of evolved differently. Mm-hmm. And so, now this was only like twenty thousand years where humans were cut off from each other. Because so yeah, like. Okay. Nine of the deadliest dozen, so they could say cut off. Yeah, for all I care. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, not until not so, like, all these thousands of years, not, like, 
people from these continents didn't really like truly interact. Civilizations did not truly interact until Columbus came. That's wild. So, all right. So let me ask you this. So we've, we've covered the West coast. We've covered Canada. Um, just in, just considering like North America, where are like a couple places that you haven't gone that you want to go? I want to go to the uh, American Northeast. Mm-hmm. I want to go like Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire. I think that'd be incredible. Yeah, I've never done those. Like lobster and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's Alaska. I'd yeah, like to drive. Alaska. I think it'd be fun to drive to Alaska. That's a haul. Yeah, that's a haul. But that's not so bad. That's only like you could get there in like three or four days. Yeah, hey, I'm just looking at like these like country formations and st- or not country formations, but just like from Vancouver. Boy, there's there's not a lot of yellow, which is which are roads that yeah, go from. You got the Canadian Vancouver, Rockies, man. Yeah, I mean that's that'd be the the worst part of the drive, honestly, trying to get through that. That'd be the best part. That'd be the prettiest drive you've ever had in your life. Yeah. Probably the most dangerous, too. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Alaska's easily the the first place that I would most definitely want to go. Um, I think it'd be fun to live in Alaska. I don't know about all that. Like, I, for maybe like a month at a time, and then the other 11 months in Nashville, sure. Kevin, we should go and do like the deadliest catch in Alaska, like and like cra- crab fish and stuff. I would be, I'd be cool with that. <laughs> um, and then, and then, and then we could go to Maine and do like tuna fishing, or like up in the northeast and do uh, like tuna fishing. Well, I would. Um... If I'm going tuna fishing, I'm going to the Keys, man. I'm going to get the yellow tuna. Uh, no, you got to go you got to go off of uh off of uh Massachusetts like up there. You really want to tell me I should go to Massachusetts to go fishing instead of the Keys, the Florida Keys? Dude, that's that's where the TV show always goes. That's fine, but I don't want to be on the TV show. That's not the only place to catch tuna. Ah, but it'd be the best, apparently. So, um, what was I just going to say? I can't remember. (laughs) What about Nantucket? Would you go there? I've never heard of Nantucket. Well, I've heard of Nantucket, but I don't know anything about Nantucket. Is British Columbia? No, it's uh, it's right off of Massachusetts, right? Uh, to the right of Martha's Vineyard. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah, sure. There's just so many places. Like, there's so many places. Yeah. That's that's wild. Yeah. I'll tell you where I won't be going. Kansas. You couldn't. That, that 140 that Justice was talking about, if that was Kansas, I wouldn't be going. Like, I don't know if you could pay me that amount of money to live in Kansas. Oh, Kansas that's what I was going to tell you. So my roommate at Air Force was, mm-hmm. he, he was from uh, East Lansing, Michigan. 
Mm-hmm. But his brother was a teacher in Alaska. But he had this brother was a, a teacher in Alaska and had season tickets to the Columbus Crew soccer team. Mm-hmm. And so in the summer breaks, he would fly to Columbus and live in Columbus to go to the Columbus Crew games. Columbus, he fly to go to the game. Yeah, like he would he would fly to Ohio to Michigan for the summer, and he would go to the Crew games in the summer. And then he'd move, and then he'd go back home to Alaska to go to to teach for the year. I don't hate that. Is that not incredible? I feel like you know what I learned too is like outside of outside of maybe Chicago and uh, New York, like most of the West Coast airports have like unbelievable uh, deals that they get, whether that be flying back east or like out of the country. They get just incredible deals. I could use some deals. I'm about to go to New York City next week. Yeah, uh, that's that's an awful flight. Like every time. That's just, yeah, it's always delayed. <laughs> it's all, there's always something. Uh, where are you flying into? JFK or? Uh, I think it's, I think it's it JFK. Yeah. So I've only flown into LaGuardia. I've, I haven't flown into JFK before. Mm. You know, honestly, I don't know if I've ever flown into either of them. I always fly into Newark, really? New Jersey, and just take the train over. Huh. Might save some money doing it that yeah. way. Oh, I've, I mean, I've only ever been two times, but both times I flew into Newark. You like? Do you like New York? You know, I I do. It's not so bad. I really don't like. It's obviously way too expensive, but I think it's pretty cool. It's it's like um, whenever you go to the to the Rocky Mountains, you just look up at them and you just like, man, this is special. You know what I mean? Like it just yeah. You just like it just changes your perspective. But when you walk into New York City, you're like, for the same reasons, you're like, man, this is like in the terms of world history, this is really special. I just feel like New York's one of those places where um, you can go, like you said, you've been a couple of times, like you could go triple the amount of times you've been so far and still not see right. everything. And that's what I think is pretty cool. Yeah, that's it's pretty cool. It's it's fucking crowded, man. That's what I was about to say. I, don't, I, I can't stand like having that many people around, so I don't know if I can live there. But I mean, for the, I will say. And this is probably my my thought on a lot of big cities. Like, if I made the right amount of money to where I could live where I wanted to live, I could make it happen. But like, I wouldn't want to do like a a one bed or like a studio apartment on like the nineteenth floor or someplace for like that. Nah, for like six thousand dollars a month. Yeah, like that just ain't me. Or like same same with San Francisco. Like I wouldn't want to do it out there either. But if I could get me like, you know, like a little two story brownstone in like Brooklyn, like oh yeah, cool, yeah, I can make that yeah. work. Like, yeah, it's it's gonna be nice. The food's good. I mean, like it's all so good. Oh yeah, that's that's the thing. That's what you get though when you got a big city. Like you have to have literally like. You have to offer everything, and you—it's one of those things of like, 
let's say for Nashville, for existence, or for for example, you could have a Cuban restaurant, and it may just be like mediocre Cuban food. But if it's the only one here, or if there's only like two here, well, then mediocre is going to be better than none. Versus like if you're a mediocre Cuban restaurant in New York and they've got 15, well, you'll just get ran out yep. of there if, if your yep. product's not good enough. Yeah, you sure will. You're going to go get you a piece of cheesecake from Junior's? Because that's what I would do if I was You know, York. like I like cheesecake, but I don't love cheesecake. You've got some of the worst dessert takes. I like that's not so bad though. Like I don't love that cheesecake, is. but like I had two pieces the other night. Yeah, but like cheesecake's just there's there's nothing wrong with a good slice of cheesecake. Just no, nothing. there's nothing wrong with it. You're right. <laughs> uh, cheesecake's good. I'm trying to think. Of I'm excited for pizza. Have. have you ever been pizza? Yeah, pizza's a big one there. Um. Have you ever had cats? The deli? Yeah. I've not had it, but I know what it is. I haven't, but it looks like it'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, do you... So, <laughs> I don't know if you do this. I do this all the time, but like, if I know I'm going um, to another city, like I watch like Food Network and look on Food Network and see like where their shows yep. have been, and then I'm like, I'd like to go yep. there. I'd like to go yep. there. <laughs> There's the, um, you know, the Barstool Sports, you know, the, um, the guy, the, the owner of Barstool Sports, Dave Portnoy, he yeah. does the pizza mm-hmm. reviews. You know. Yeah. yeah. You, apparently they got an app. It's called the one by app or like they go to all these oh, places and they put the scores down. And so it's like easy to find the pieces, like the places that he goes to. That's dope. Like, yeah, like I, something like that where it's like. Oh, I know like this is like arguably one of the best um pizza spots. Like I definitely want to go there. Yeah. Um there's this you should check this out this place out. It's called Milk. Mm-hmm. It's this girl who was a pastry chef at this really nice restaurant. So she made this dish and it called for milk. And so she used milk that like after it had been used in cereal. Like she like steeped mm-hmm. the the milk in cereal. And then used that cereal milk for the dessert. Apparently, it was so incredible. So now she's got her own bakeries, and they're called Milk. But she makes like cakes and desserts and pastries. Oh, I'm looking at the website now. Like using the milk from cereals. (laughs) This is nuts. I'm just looking at like all the stuff that she makes. This is fire. Yeah. Yeah, I can get down with this. She's got a show on Netflix. It's called like The Chef's Table. She like got a ep- she got mm-hmm. an episode on there. You know, another place that I w- really want to go to is Seattle. I've never been there, and like, really, really want to go there. Yeah, I think I, I I would enjoy going there. I like just good good seafood, like good fish. Yeah, like it's kind of like a. It's like a big, but it seems small. Like, I guess it's like, it's not extravagant city like a LA or a Chicago or New York or Miami kind of thing, but it's still a big enough city to like have everything that you'd want from like a big city. Yeah. Sam, I know. I t- yeah. Sam's been there, but I don't like, I've never, um, I've never been there. Uh, what's that show? Do you remember that show called the killing? 
Yes. On Netflix. Yes, I sure do. Man, it rained every day. <laughs> you know, you know that Nashville, we've said this on the pod before, but Nashville gets more rain than Seattle. Yeah, volume. In volume, yeah. They're just, they're just spread out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a temperate it's a temperate rainforest. I'm here for it. They're also very well known for uh, chicken teriyaki, which is one of my favorite dishes. So, well, I, they're really well known for coffee. Well, yeah, that too. But like, they have like, oh man, I watched like this this video, and it's, it's about like um, all the different chicken teriyaki establishments they had, and like some like the late night spot, the cheap spot, the high end spot. It looked really good though. Let's do a little coach's trip out to Seattle. Hey, don't tease me with a good time. Like, I'll be ready to go in no time. We could go. We could catch a. Uh, we could be the twelfth man. Go to see uh, Seahawks. Yeah, game. get some coffee. Yeah, they got cold brew. I'm here for it. I don't. I'm not a big hot coffee guy, though. dude. If it's been raining for like thirty six straight days and you're wet. You know that, like you just chilled to the bone. You, I don't know. Maybe you've never felt that before. Oh, I don't. <laughs> I, I truly don't. You ever been like, like feeling. you remember? You were talking about that that game you went to in Chicago, the Packers game. Like you weren't like chilled to the bone. Like I was, but I was also like sitting still, not moving for close to four hours. Like that's a little bit different. Like I feel like in Seattle, like. It could be raining and like wet, but I'd I'd still be moving, like walking somewhere, going somewhere, unless I went to like a, a football game or something. Yeah, I know. Like you go fishing, and there's always a rainy day, and it's like forty five degrees, and you're raining, and you've just been out there all day long, and you just can't like you come back and you just can't get the chill out of your bones. Mm, that's a tough place to be. Bourbon, in. good old bourbon, get you yep, together. Yeah, fire. <laughs> So let's talk a little college football. Obviously, not going, on, not a lot going on this time of year. But I figure we go through each conference and just be like things we're excited about from a from just from just kind of narrow it down. So I'm with it. Uh, you want to do a quick break first? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Welcome back. Appreciate you guys uh, sticking with us as uh, usual. Um. I got AJ Nance with me. My name is Kevin Jackson. Um, we're going to come back and we're going to get started with breaking down each conference and what we're most excited about coming into 2019. So we're just going to conference by conference and just and just talk about games we're excited about, players we're excited about, coaches we're excited about, uh, teams. Um, so AJ, what do you want to start off with? Uh, let's start out West, man. We were giving the West a lot of love in, in the previous segment. So let's start out there with the, the Pac-12. Um, let's start with there. Give that West conference. Coast bias. Yeah, man. Listen, I'm I'm telling you, I'm I'm selling out, man. I'm going to hit the lottery. I'm going to buy the Pac-12 network, and I'm moving to San Diego. There you that's, go. That's what's, what's going to be. Then we're going to have a, a nationwide podcast. That's, that's that good. So Pac-12 in 2018. Did not get a team into the college football playoff. Mm-mm. Was that third, fourth straight year? Fourth straight year? Third year? 
What was they the last? The first year, right? Washington. No, year two, I think. Washington. Who, Washington they, played, uh, they played the Alabama. That's right. So yeah, so that would mean it's been 2015. Three years. Yeah. So um, out of the north, you had Washington mm-hmm. uh, as a champion, Utah as a South champion mm-hmm. in that riveting Pac-12 championship game. <laughs> what was the final score? I think it was seven to nothing. Ten to seven. Ten seven seven three something like that. Man, it wasn't good. I didn't watch it. That, that's for damn sure. So, man, I, that's wrong. Listen, you got to put a better product on the field than than that if you want my if you want my attention. However, I will say that uh, I do think that their conference will be better this year. Um, Why? I, st- I just think it'll be more balanced. Um, I think that um, USC, which is like normally carried the conference. Uh, and Oregon, who's normally carried the conference for, I would say, the past 15, 20 years. I think both of them will be better. Um, Stanford's always like a good, consistent team. Uh, Washington State, and um, like they'll they'll always be good with Coach Leach. Um, Washington, they got uh, – what's my man's name from Boise? Coach, Coach Peterson. Yeah, so they still got him. So, I mean, there's a lot of good teams. Utah's been uh, running in the pack for a while. And then Arizona State's got Herm Edwards. So, I mean, there's a lot of good coaches. Um, Sumlin went to Arizona. You still got um, you got Chip Kelly at UCLA. And then Colorado got Georgia's defensive coordinator. It's his first year. Uh, so, there, I mean, there's a lot of, like, good coaches and, and things spread out. So, I think that their their conference will get better. David Shaw. I think the, David Shaw. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing that I kind of want to see out of the the Pac-12 is 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 Justin uh, Herbert. Like, is he is he the real deal? You know? Like, yeah. I know. I know he's getting a lot of he like was getting a lot of notoriety last year and coming into this season. Like, you know, he's a top five guy. Like, getting a lot of notoriety. Like, is he really that good? Like, is he going to be able to? get Oregon to 10 wins, you know, and I, and 10's a stretch maybe, but, like, is he going to get them to 10 wins and, like, really solidify himself as as this top NFL talent, or is Oregon still going to struggle? Yeah, I'm excited to watch him play a lot. Um, I think he's got an early game against Auburn week mm-hmm. one. Yeah, week one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that'll be great. I'm really excited to see that game. That's probably one of my most favorite games to, uh, in the in the early season that I'm excited for. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to see Jerry's world, ain't they? I think so. Um, I really want to see if anybody's going to dethrone Washington. Um, they they apparently got a quarterback that's going to be younger than Jake. Well, obviously Jake Browning's gone, played for a mm-hmm. million years, but this the new quarterback they got coming in apparently is supposed to be really good. I'm here for it. Um, I want to see if Khalil Tate bounces back. Um, I don't know if he's going to be the starter at Arizona. I, I, or I feel like he should be. Um, but you know, with someone, someone did well at A and M. Is he going to? Is he going to transfer? Is that going to like? 
carry over to Arizona? Is he going to struggle again? Um, I yeah, I might take Arizona State out of the South eventually. Like when we get to doing the conference breakdowns, like they finished second. I think that. Um, Nikhil I think Harry, last year, but the thing is, I think last year there was a legitimate like point in the season. There was like one week left, and the South had, was in a five way tie. Or yeah. like was there was potential for the South to end in a five way tie, which is terrible. Yeah, I mean, like if you look at it here, like Utah finished six and three in the conference. Arizona State was five and four. USC and Arizona were four and five, so everybody was kind of jumbled there together. Um, you know, there was only. I mean, there's a lot of teams like that were borderline last year, like USC, Arizona, and Colorado all finished five and seven. So, like, will those teams get over the hump this year and like finally become bowl eligible? Like, that's another big thing I'd like to see. Um, also, like, is Chip Kelly like is he going to revert back back to form? Like, is he going to start getting? Uh, those high-profile recruits like he was at Oregon, is is his offense going to start looking like it used to? Um, because we're the going doors into, open. Yeah, we're going into year two of the, the Chip Kelly experiment, and like you mentioned, like the South is wide open. Like everybody's got a shot at it. So, you know, you put, all, you put this investment into bringing Chip Kelly in. Like uh, you would hope that by year two you start to see some of that pay off. So be interested to see what – what happens there too. Yep. All right. Let's move a little farther east and let's pick up in the Big 12 conference. I'm with it. What you what you like here? Um, well, let's take a second, take a look. Uh Big 12 last year did get Oklahoma into the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. They had their first Big 12 championship game, uh, featuring the rematch between Oklahoma and Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, with Oklahoma eventually winning that game and having back-to-back Heisman Trophy winners and Kyler Murray. And that leads me to my first point is um, what is Oklahoma going to do after Kyler Murray? And now that they have uh, Jalen Hurts, will they be able to produce at that high level? Which, I mean, they're at such a ridiculously high level of producing offensive statistics that they could come way back down to earth and still have an incredible year for any other school. Right. And and I think that with that, I think their offensive statistics may come down, like you mentioned, but I don't think their win totals will necessarily show that. Um, I mean, they yeah. went. The Big 12 is a tr- tricky league, though. I mean, with them, with them only having, like, with everybody having to play each other, it definitely makes for a more tricky league. And it's one of those things where it's like, um, I mean, we talk about the SEC and the big and the big 10 a lot, but if you, you know, if you're Ohio state and for some reason or not, you just get to dodge the bully that's on the other side of the conference for a year, then like you kind of walk your way to the conference championship. Right. Versus like, in the Big 12 where you have to play everybody, it's like Oklahoma can't just dodge West Virginia. Like, they have to play them, you know? Yeah, I love that. I wish more conferences went to that. 
Like you just played your conference. Yeah, I I don't hate it. I think you would. I mean, you can't do it with with like when you when you have like the Big Twelve's got ten teams, you right. can get away with it. Um, you mentioned like the the Big Twelve championship game last last year, but you know I really want to see if Texas one if they're for real, but two are they finally going to get you know are they finally going to break out of these early in the year slumps like. They've lost early in the season. Week one, actually, like the last two years. I think it's like, like three years in a row. Yeah, it's yeah, like they like, always they always lose the the like lower t tier non conference matchup. They they lost to Maryland two straight years. So it's like, are you finally going to get over that hurdle and you know beat the teams you're supposed to beat so that you can set set yourself up for you know some of these. Uh, pro, more prolific games in the end of the year where they actually matter. Um, and I think the reason why that is such a big question is, you know, week two, they've got LSU at home, which yeah. is like a good, like a good scheduling matchup for them at home. But it's like, are you finally going to kick those early, early uh, in the season jitters? Because it's come back, especially last year, it came back to bite them in the butt because, if they don't lose that game, they're probably that that Big Twelve championship game is probably. I mean, I, I think if Texas wins that game, they still don't make the playoffs. But had they not lost to Maryland and they won that game, they're in the playoffs. Could be, yeah. Maryland. I mean, you're not going to lose to Maryland and make it in. Right, right. Which, I think Ohio State's proved that two years right. later. <laughs> So yeah, that that's gonna be interesting. Um, and then Kansas, you know, like I want to see what Les Miles does. Like, is he gonna is he gonna get that ship steered in the right direction? And they went three and nine last year. Is he gonna show improvement from that? Um, because I think that if he shows improvement, he'll get the recruits. I I I don't doubt that. But is he gonna be able to showcase that? And then. Once he does, like, how long is he really going to stay there before he moves to a bigger and better uh, coaching position? Yeah, I think the days of like 2008 Kansas with Todd Reese and is that what the quarterback name was? Was um, it Todd Reese? Yeah, the the short guy, and then they had Nick Mick Mangino, big guy on the sidelines as head coach. Remember, they were like one game away from the national title. Todd Reesing, yeah, Todd Reesing, yeah, yeah. And um, I just feel like those days are over, though. You know what I mean? I don't think Kansas will ever reach that point in today's college football. But um, and I don't know if they necessarily have to. But you know, with can like we talk about it all the time. But like they're known as a basketball school. But if you can put up a six and six year, like that's all that their fans want is just something to tie them over until it's basketball season. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's a it, it, Big Twelve is a is so much fun to watch because they have such a they have a lot of middle of the road teams, and you got Texas and Oklahoma, obviously, but mm-hmm. then you've got Texas Tech, Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, TCU, Kansas State, West Virginia. West Virginia kind of flirts with that Texas Oklahoma, but they never quite get there. But all those other teams, those traditional Big Twelve teams, they play each other so well. You know, I was going to say, like, 
there's always like a um, yeah a trip a up mix. game. Yeah, like and there's usually a trip up team. Like last year was Iowa State. Like they really picked off a lot of teams last year that had good seasons. But like, I mean, if you're looking at this list, like yeah, Kansas State could easily be that team next year. Baylor could be that team next year. And I'm looking at the breakdown. This is wild. But other than Kansas, no other team in the Big 12 had a losing record at home last year. Hmm. Kansas, when was the last time Kansas didn't have a losing record in anything? In football? Anything. Uh, Yeah, football. Let's see. I would venture to say it was like 2009, 2010. So let's see. While you move on to the next one, I'm going to look and see their year-by-year win totals. All right. So moving on. 2008, they went 8-5. and Wow. That was the last one. Mark Mangino was the coach. That's incredible. Two years of Turner Gill, they went uh, 5-19. and Uh. Two and a quarter years of Charlie Weiss, they went six oh, those are and twenty-two. Um, David Beatty went. Let's at six and let's at twenty, thirty, forty-two. Woo, boy! <laughs> Less like if Les just went six in one season, he's gonna be fine. Like he'll be just fine. Yeah, that'd be yeah. They they they're turning the corner though. All right, so we're gonna go a little farther east, and we'll stop in the Big Ten. Yeah. And um, so um, let's start there. Obviously, uh, a little biased here, but the Big Ten last year had uh, Ohio State winning the East, had Northwestern winning the West. Kind of wrapped that up with about three or four weeks left in the season uh, with eventually Ohio state winning the big 10 championship and going to the Rose bowl. Mm -hmm. The big 10 was not represented in the playoff last year. And um, I think that's two years in a row, maybe three years in a row. Yeah. And that, that goes right back to my, my point with the pac 12. Are they finally going to get over the hurdle where uh, they get a team that's, going to make it into the playoffs. And and more specifically, honestly, is is it going to be Ohio State? Like I one of my bigger questions is is anybody going to unseat uh Ohio State as the top dog in the Big 10? Like um I think for the last few years now, you've seen some chinks in the armor, but at the end of the day, it really hasn't happened yet. And so we've talked about this at length, but with with Ryan Day taking over and kind of having this new regime, like if there's ever a time that you're going to perhaps, you know, get this monkey off your back and kind of get a win over Ohio State, it's probably going to be now because I don't – if he gets the guys that he's going after and starts to build uh, the type of program that, you know, fosters well for what he's trying to do, I don't foresee teams ever, you know, kind of getting over that hurdle. Anytime soon, at least. Yeah, the door's definitely open. And I, I imagine Michigan's got, and we'll talk about this later, but they got a senior quarterback at home. 
with a more experienced coach. Mm-hmm. Like if if they don't win this year, when are they ever going to do it? Right. Like, and, and and probably for for Harbaugh's sake, like they probably do need to win this year because if they if he loses this year, that's zero and five against Ohio State. Uh huh. That's not a good look. That's not a good no. look at all. And so you probably need to win this one. Um, is Rutgers going to win a conference game this year? Like, come on, you got to win one. You can't. You yeah. can't get blanked in conference. Or excuse me, yeah, yeah, you can't get blanked in conference. They went zero and nine in conference last year. Yeah, they're tough. That's tough. Um, I'm interested to see what Scott Frost in Nebraska does. Um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of hype surrounding their program right now. Um, I personally still think they're a year or two out, but I don't know what that looks like. Are they a year or two out from contending in Big Ten championships, or are they a year or two out from getting to a bowl game? Uh, well, they should have been in a bowl game last year. Not at four, eight. They shouldn't have. No, nah, but if you if you go back and remember, like they lost some heartbreaking fashion games. This is true. Um. I'm excited for Scott Frost year two. Um, their quarterback Martinez, mm-hmm. and he is so good. He is going to be, in my opinion, he's probably going to be one of those players nationally that blows up, and people are like, "Oh wow!" Like, like where did he come from? Yeah. Um, obviously, once he starts playing on better teams, I'm sure he'll even he'll do even better. But even last year as a true freshman, kid is special. Um, I'm excited. I'm just going to keep it in the West here. I'm excited to watch a couple players. Uh, Produce Rondell Moore. Oh man, oh man! Like outside of Kentucky, if there's one player that I could like put a bubble around and say like, I really hope that this guy doesn't get hurt for the extent of his college career, it'd be Rondell Moore. I just want to see the things he can do, being extremely healthy and not injured. Yeah, and as they keep getting uh, as they keep getting more athletes there mm-hmm. to, to Purdue, man, that they're going to be really fun to watch. Also, not as electric, but pretty darn incredible. I'm excited to watch Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, keeping it in the West. Is I he mean, a, that kid? Is he a senior this year? What year he'll be a, a junior, a true junior. Yeah. Okay, but he'll. Pro- I mean, if he puts up statistics like he has. Last year, like he's probably out, right? Um, I mean, I would assume. I mean, if you're a running back, you gotta go. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially like you're the average lifetime. Like you would assume he'd be out, but yeah. Um, his freshman year, he was a two thousand yard rusher, oh, God. and then last year he was just under two thousand yards, I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if he puts up a comparable season, like he's gone. Like there's, there's no, no doubt about that. Yeah. Um. I'm looking up his stats right now. Well, while you're looking that up, I just noticed that um, um, Northwestern travels to Stanford, so they play in the Nerd Bowl Week One. And I actually you think that would be a really good game. They played in the Nerd Bowl last year with Duke. Uh, who Northwestern? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, like that'll be a good game. Um, Stanford should win that game. You think so? I think so. 
Northwestern usually like it takes them a while to find their stride. Because I mean they get they really I mean they really have to play as a team. And usually that doesn't happen at the beginning of the season. Yeah, that's true. But um they're great. And I really think I mean obviously it's the Big Ten East is the is the more prominent <laughs> division. But nobody's gonna argue that. The West is so much fun to watch. Um, what's Michigan State gonna do? Are they gonna bounce back this year? I think yeah, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be a lot better on offense. They got Brian Lewerke back for his third mm-hmm. year starting, so they got a uh, a veteran quarterback. And then um, I think defensively they're gonna be really good. Defensively they were really good last year. They just mm-hmm. couldn't score. So. I'm looking here. They they led the league in least amount of points allowed. So last year, yeah. Um, I'm also excited for obviously post Ryan Day or post Urban Meyer, Ohio mm-hmm. State. Really excited to watch Justin Fields play. Yeah, that's one thing. Like I, you know, obviously, like I keep up with Ohio State just to you know pick at you, but. Like, I do want to see what he does, being as that I got to see glimpses of him this season. Uh, I want to see what he does when he has, you know, the entire playbook and, you know, basically he's the starter from the get-go. Like, I want to see how he produces. Yeah, it's like Ohio State will be going back a few years with Braxton Miller almost. I'm sure that's not to downplay his throwing abilities, but they were by far – the best backfield in America when you have Carlos Hyde and Braxton Miller mm-hmm. from just a dynamic threat of it. And so I'm curious to see what they have. Um, they have a uh, JK Dobbins mm-hmm. coming back for, I believe back to back thousand yard seasons. And so see what him and Justin Fields do. I think it's just, I mean, it's going to be a tough spot to, to be in for a defense. Yeah. Um, yeah, the rest. I mean, the rest of the league. Like I said, uh, it is somebody finally going to take that step and knock them off. Like I, I, I don't necessarily think so, but uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I think that um, from an outside perspective, some of the fun I always have with the Big Ten is like, you know, probably not the best for you, but who's going to be that team to sneak up on Ohio State and like, you know. And it changes. Like sometimes it's Indiana, sometimes it's Iowa, um, sometimes it's Michigan State or Wisconsin. Like so, like who's going to be the team this year? Or Purdue? Like who's going to be the team this year that that gives you all that close call? And it doesn't necessarily have to be like an upset, but who's going to give you all that scare this year? Because I feel like more times than not, like I mean, me being an SEC homer, like I, you know, like. Alabama, their scare normally comes from like a um, a Mississippi or like an Auburn or somebody, right? But like, well, I think that's what makes Nick Saban so special is that they're the only team that's immune to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, even for how good Clemson is, like they still trip up. I mean, even last even last year, I mean, like they had to they had to go into the bag of tricks to beat Syracuse at home, right, right. And so, like, I mean, it's I mean, it's that rat poison that they talk about. But I mean, it'd be interesting to see, like, 
I mean, I think you would you would agree with this, but it does normally seem like there's always like some out of the weeds team that shows up against Ohio State. I don't know. Uh, I think Penn State's probably going to be. I think Penn State and Michigan State probably swap records this year. Yeah, post um, Trace McSorley. Yeah, and because then they lose their running back. They lost their running back, but their back. Um, what Miles Sanders was their running back. He he left, and then their backup quarterback transferred. Mm-hmm. Because I remember he went to he went to Kentucky on a visit. I think he ended up signing with somebody in the SEC. But like, yeah, he he bounced. Yeah, speaking of, I don't think we've been on here since Gunner Hope transferred to Ohio State. Yeah, no, no, no. We we covered that. Did we one. talk about okay. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, there's some there's some bounce around there. So I mean, I I just think, like you mentioned before, with Michigan State's defense being better, um, and you know, Penn State losing so much, I feel like that's, uh, and they're not going to fall off that much. But dropping from nine and four to seven and six probably feels about right. Right. Well, before we move on, Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Freshman year had one thousand nine hundred seventy-seven yards, <laughs> and then last year oh, he did two ninety-nine. Okay. So he averaged six point six. <laughs> Mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he he did have ninety-five yards rushing, so two thousand seventy-two scrimmage yards. But last year he did cross two thousand for the first time with two thousand one hundred ninety-four, mm-hmm. up to his average to seven point one. Jesus Christ. Like, how do you not just give him the ball every time? That's unbelievable. So, okay. Moving on. Let's go. What do you want to do? ACC or SEC? Can't get much. I guess the farthest east would be the ACC. Yeah. So, let's so go. we're going west go to east. SEC, we'll go SEC. Continuing our trip east to the SEC. You want to take it from here? Yeah. So, I mean... I think we we're we're a lot like uh, your conference is is like who's going to unseat the top powers. Um, it's really been the Georgia and Alabama show for a while. Like, is somebody finally going to um, upset the apple cart there um, in the East? To be honest, like I don't see it. Um, I just think Georgia has a lot of weapons. They got a third year starter at quarterback. Um, they're returning a running back. Like they just have a lot of pieces. Um, I think teams in the East will be better, but uh, overall, I think it's probably it. It will it will come as a shock if Georgia doesn't come out the East. Yeah, I would agree. They're kind of like Alabama, one point or one B. You know, like, yeah. You know what I mean? They're not obviously as good as them, but they're kind of that same DNA. Yeah, um, I would say for me, like selfish reasons, like I want to see what Kentucky does. Um, just like outside of the podcast, we talk a lot about uh, bridge years. And I think that when you look at these really, really successful programs, like your Ohio State, your Alabamas, um, your Clemsons, all those teams, 
when you have a lot of turnover and uh, talent and when you have a lot of people move along and things like that, how do you bridge those off years between uh, having a lot of talent transition out and waiting for your good recruiting classes to build into uh, serviceable players? And I think that for me personally, just from what I've gone through with Kentucky, uh, when I left in 2009, we had went to four consecutive bowl games. Uh, and then that next year, we still had Randall Cobb, which got us to seven wins and we went to, or six or seven wins, and we went to a bowl game. Then once we lost Randall, that was, that was our gap year. That was our bridge years. And I think from that point in time, we went four wins two wins, two wins, two wins, four wins, five wins, five wins to the beginning of this streak that we're on now where we've gone to three straight bowl games. So, I mean, for me, it's how do you – we're at the point now uh, where we're getting a lot better recruits than we ever have been. And so now you look at it and you say, we lost Benny Snell. You lost Josh Allen. You lost a lot of good talent. Um, what do you do now? Because the talent we got coming in is much better than we were used to having, but you've got to maintain that talent. You can't just get a commit and then chalk up five wins and think that commit's going to stay loyal. It's not going to happen. So if you can craft out an eight win season coming off of your best season ever, like that's a that's a solid bridge year because the eight win season at Kentucky is not anything to kind of like sneeze at, right? So if you get that, that's your bridge year to now start bringing in all these recruits and continue that that talent pool. Uh, so that's what I'm interested in on that side. Um, in the West, I like is Alabama's secondary going to bounce back? Like, what are, yeah, what is their secondary going to be this year? Because the last time I've seen Alabama secondary play, they were just god awful. I mean, they were getting torched from every single like snap of the ball. So, like, are, is that the Alabama D- secondary that we're going to see? Or are they going to go back to you know having defensive linemen getting pressure, making the job easy for uh, the back end of the defense? Like, I'm interested to see what they do. Also, and a more positive note, like the last time they played, they got run off the field. And so I'm oh. curious to see how many, uh, how they come out and play because last year they went the whole season and people were like, is this the greatest college football team of all time? Right. And then they got smacked. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what a upset Nick Saban team looks like. Yeah, that we've talked about it a lot, but like, like, what's gonna happen to Duke? You know, right? I yeah. <laughs> like, are they gonna are they gonna set an example with Duke or or what? Like that? I just think it's a scary sight when you know. Obviously, like everybody laughs at um, uh, Nick Saban when he's like, "Oh, don't drink the rat poison." When you coming off of a national championship and like the biggest question coming into the season was who's going to run this, this machine of an offense. 
your start, your guy who's 26 and two or your freshman phenom? Like that was the question then. So yeah, I'm sure it's very hard for him to get, um, you know, the maximum effort and listening from all his, his players. But now when you're coming off an ass whooping, like, Oh, it's much easier to get their attention every single day in practice. So like, how they start this season will really show, I think, what kind of team they'll be because, you know, if they come in sluggish, man, like they might get mess around and get beat a couple times because the West is stacked this year. Yeah, I'm looking at um, just games I'm really excited for, especially early in the year, Florida and Miami. They When's the last time you saw an August 24th start day for like a big college football? I don't know. College football. Yeah. I love it. I do too. Yeah, bring it on. Um and then I'm looking at LSU at Texas on September 7th. Mm-hmm. I think those two teams are just kind of built like each other. Um, you know, just it seems like their quarterbacks play the same. They just want to run the ball. Um, they're the same type of kids. But um, nonetheless, um, that LSU at Alabama is always a fun game to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it hasn't really been competitive that you, that much this year, so A and M in Alabama. I mean, A and M at anybody honestly this year because I think that they could be the team to. I could they could be the team to 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 unseat Alabama if there's they, yeah, a they team could. But I just don't see them. I mean, they got a horrible schedule. I mean, they start off <laughs> they play at Clemson, then they've got Auburn. Alabama at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got to go to Mississippi State. They got to go to Georgia and to LSU. God, <laughs> you know, people talk about how good they could be, but like they could have that's one, two, three. I mean, they could have five losses and be a really good team. It'd be a really good team. Like they're going to go smack whoever they play in like the, in like, <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna like show that. up at the Independence Bowl pissed. <laughs> they're gonna catch a a, a a nine win Houston team and just beat the brakes off of them. Oh man! You know one thing that that interests me about the SEC that I'm kind of excited to see is who's gonna lead the league in rushing this year. Um, because and now I know. I know Alabama had a three kind of like a three headed monster last year, but none of their running backs um, were in the top nine in rushing yards. And actually Josh Jacobs was third out of their three, which is kind of weird, but like, you know, Travion Williams is gone. Benny Snell's gone. Yep. Nick Fitzgerald, who plays quarterback, but like he was up there in the top five, like he's gone. Um, Holyfield's out. Like, I just want to see the Damian Harris is out. Like, I want to see who pops up and like takes hold of that, that, that rushing, like, I guess, God or crown or whatever for, for the season. I think a lot of whoever steps into that void will will kind of solidify their team as um, a top contender in the SEC. Because I mean, if you look at the guys that are up here, I mean. If I had to guess, it's probably going to be Keyshawn Vaughn from Vanderbilt. He, yeah. Like, I mean, he's the only one in the top 
five. Well, is let me see. I can't remember. I think Roundtree's returning. Yeah, I wouldn't. I if okay, you can take Keyshawn Vaughn. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Roundtree. Okay. You know, I, I think that adding in, like you know, you know what you're getting out of Vaughn. Like, I mean, he was incredible last year, but I think that Roundtree is good. But I think you unlock another portion of his run game by putting him in the backfield with Kelly Bryant. So I, I honestly think he could take another step and, and lead the league in Russia. Yeah. And you mentioned Kelly Bryant playing for Missouri. That too. Yeah. yeah like, what's he? If, I know that they're not bowl eligible, but like, what is, like, what is he going to show us something different than he showed at Clemson? Like, yeah. is he going to be a more refined quarterback? than what he was at Clemson. And also talking about transfer quarterbacks, Joe Burrow at LSU in his second mm-hmm. year. Um, I, I love watching him play. He's That's the guy. Yeah, but he's like the goofiest guy, and everybody loves him. I read an article about him, and he came back home to Columbus, and it's just like his. he was like the most popular guy on the team. And then he goes down to LSU, and the teammates call him Cool Joe and all this stuff, and like <laughs> – you know, it just he fits in with everybody, and he's goofy. He like wears jean shorts, and but he goes out on the field and he's got an attitude about him. You know what? He took a shot in that that uh, UCF game and threw a pick six early in that game, and I I really thought that it might get ugly for LSU, and boy, like he stood in there for the rest of that game and just just dropped nuts. Like I mean, he was he was balling after getting hit like that. And I I think that says something about him. And like to your point, like him being like a real likable teammate, like when you have a quarterback that shows you that kind of like leadership and those characteristics, like your team rallies around that. Yeah, he's probably like the most yeah, it like obviously you say he's my guy because he's he went to Ohio State. He played high school football in Ohio too. And he's probably got the most ridiculous high school stats. Some of the most ridiculous high school stats you've ever heard in your life. What part of what part of Ohio or Ohio was he from? Athens. Where's that at? Southeast. That's where Ohio University is. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um. So, like, listen to these stats. His senior year. He was 72% completion percentage. He had 4,400 passing yards. 4,445 passing yards. 63 touchdowns and two interceptions. Wow. (laughs) Yes. A touchdown or a pick for every 33 touchdowns I'm going to throw. Yeah, so his sophomore year was 47 touchdowns and eight interceptions, and then 47 touchdowns again and seven interceptions, and then 63 touchdowns. So he threw 157 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. Not bad. (laughs) Not bad at all, I do say. (laughs) Yeah. And so he's a senior with LSU, right? Yep. Then you got Kellen Mond returning at a and M, you got uh, Tua returning at Bama. You got Jake Fromm returning at Georgia. You got Felipe Franks returning at Florida. 
You got Garantano returning at Tennessee. You got Scary Terry returning at Kentucky. Like, I mean, that's that's a ton of like good quarterback. Like, outside of, I mean, I know we rig on them all the time, but like outside of Tennessee, like that's returning like all starters that played in like pretty decent bowl games. Yeah, what do you think Scary Terry is going to be like this year? Like, without Benny, is he think he's going to have to throw it a lot more? Well, no, and well, he shouldn't because I, we were returning three of five linemen, uh, two of which are going to be first team all SEC. So, like, we're still going to be loaded up front. We should still set our offense to try to pound and run the ball. Like we've got. We've got enough horses to be able to do that. Um, what I want to see from him is just more confidence in his throws. Like you don't have to be like you don't have to be the man back there. Like you like you just read those Joe Burrow stats. You ain't got to do that. Like we're not asking you to throw the ball all around the field and like you know Tim couches to a win. You just got to be able to make a first and a first and ten. A five yard stop route throw and put it on the money. You just got to be able to run a little RPO um, and hit a guy on a slant, or run a little bootleg and hit a uh, a dragon tight end for five seven yards, and and be able to throw a decent deep ball just to keep the defense like from cheating. If you can do those things, then you're gonna open up the run lanes on your own. The thing that killed us last year was. I just think he lost his confidence in throwing and teams were just like, okay, well, we'll make him throw to beat us. And and that's where we got in trouble. You think they make a bowl game? Who Kentucky? Absolutely. Like we've already broke down the schedule. Like we're not losing. um, We're not losing an out of conference game. So that's four wins there. Uh, Arkansas had two wins last year. We that's gotta be a win. Um, Tennessee's probably not very good. We beat South Carolina five straight years. Um, who else we got? Missouri, they're a toss up. Vandy's not going to be very good. Like somewhere in there, you got to craft out like six wins. Like, honestly, I feel like six wins is probably a step back. I think we should be somewhere in the personally, like anything less than eight, I'm going to be disappointed in just because of the way, like, our home games and our schedule break out. I think we should get eight wins. Um, but like, honestly, like when we talk about bridges, we don't get eight. If we don't get seven wins, I think that's, that's, you know, it's a letdown. Right. And, so, and, and Tua as well, like, is he going to bounce back? Like he looked bad for his last six quarters that he's played. Yeah, like, he did. Or, excuse me, six of ten quarters that he's played. So, like, is he going to bounce back? Like, is is he going to take a step in – is he going to take a step in his quarterback maturation? Like, I think a lot of times last year, because Alabama, like you mentioned, was so much more talented than everybody, it was almost like a uh, hike, play fake, one, two, throw the ball to this spot. Jerry Judy's going to get there. It was real, like, robotic. And so you get in this rut of saying, like, I know I'm going to play action to you know, um, uh, Jacob 
I can't even think of his name, man. But like I'm a play fake to him. Brandon or Josh Jacobs, I'm play fake to him, and then I'm gonna just turn and fire a slant route because I know Jerry Judy's gonna be there. Or I know my receiver's gonna be there. And then when things are a little bit off or that defense is there instead, how do you adjust? And he didn't do that well. So it's like at this point in time now, like you have to come out and you've got to prove yourself that you've taken that step as a quarterback and you're going to be able to make those plays. Right. So, all right, let's head in for our last stop. Hit up the ACC. Last year we had our national champion come from the ACC, Clemson Tigers with a perfect 15-0 record. They beat the Pitt Panthers in the ACC championship game. So, is there, mu- the is there much? Is there much? I was going to say much <laughs> to be excited about in the ACC. I I honestly think this is the easiest conference that we've covered. Like I I don't think I honestly don't think that uh um Clemson loses a game. So they have to go to Syracuse. They have to go to Syracuse, which is it makes it possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I'm excited to watch Mac Brown to see what he does at North Carolina. Yep. Um, so from the coast, uh, there's not much else than that. I mean, no, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's slim pickings, man. Like, I mean, you're going to watch Georgia tech run the spread this year. I, you know what? I'll, I'll say out of the coastal, I'm really interested in seeing what Bryce Perkins does uh, quarterback at Virginia. Like, He's an interesting guy last year, and I, I, I think like just abilities and stuff. Like he, you know, he, he'll be pretty good. So like that'll be something to at least watch and and like enjoy. Like you've got to find something to try to <laughs> try to mend the time yeah. watching ACC games. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't see any challenges coming out of ACC. Um, I think the the one other big story that I really want to see out of their conference is um, is Willie gonna do? Is he gonna do it this year? Because I honestly think if he goes under six wins again, he's out of there. So yeah, like, I, what yeah. is he gonna do? He could even get to six wins, and he could still be fired. They got the new quarterback, I believe. I think um, they got the Wisconsin kid, mm-hmm. uh, Alex uh, Hornibrook. Yeah, and he's out. Justin Blackman goes to. FAU. So yeah, that's that's that that's about it, to be honest with you. I'm looking at these I'm looking at these these teams now and so is yeah, um NC State lost their quarterback who led the league in like passing yards and stuff last year. So you would assume that they'll probably take a step back. Um Eric Dungy was the starting quarterback at um, Syracuse. He's gone. So you would assume that they might take a little bit of a step back. Like, I mean, Virginia Tech, they're returning their quarterback. But, is I mean, last year he, he had a pretty decent season last year. He completed um, 58.5% of his attempts for 2,700 yards. He had 24 touchdowns and nine interceptions. Like, that's not awful. Um, is he going to, you know, uh, is he going to take that extra step to make them 
a contending team? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not Boston College. I think they take a step back. I don't think Louisville makes much of anything out of the first year with um, Satterfield as their as their uh, new head coach. Right. I think I still think they're a couple years out. Um, I don't know. Like, and like you said, the coastal just it leaves so much to be desired. Like, it's so wide open in the coastal. Like, it just really win, is. win eight games, and you could probably go to the conference championship right. to get destroyed on national TV. <laughs> but so, I'll tune in. I'll tune in for the Dr Pepper halftime throw. There you go. Um, <laughs> we'll you we'll see, take a. Is there anything else you see out of there? I would say no, and I'm sitting here. Um, right now, the College World Series is happening. Did you Did you see what happened to Auburn? I I heard that they they threw one away up four two, and that's how they lost. They were up four one, and gave up four in the bottom of the ninth. Oh, that's ugly. Ah, oh, God, that's ugly. Yeah, so that's that's a shout out to my guy Sam Grayson. You know, he. I hate to say this because you know I don't like being a bad guy, but you know, Sam deserved. He deserved a little tough break here and there. He's, yeah. Auburn's been riding real high this year, so you know <laughs> he had this one coming. That's all I'm saying. That's terrible. Four runs in the bottom of the ninth. Nah, see, like, and that's the heartbreak. Like, I don't know how much how closely you follow College World Series, but like, um. A year or two ago, like Arkansas was up. So when you get to the championship, like when you, they have like two separate brackets, like four teams in each bracket, and they play double elimination. And the two teams that win those two brackets play each other in a best of three for the World Series. Mm-hmm. Arkansas had one game won in like the actual championship series, and it was bottom of the ninth, two outs. And a dude like got jammed and hit like a little rinky dink pop fly in foul territory. And the right fielder was like running, running real hard to try to catch the ball and like kind of overran it. And he stopped to like put his glove back and it hits off his glove and he doesn't catch it. So like they basically go from the team they're playing, basically losing and Arkansas being the national champions to having a new life. Dude hits like a double. They score runs. They end up winning by one, and then they come back the next day and win again. So you go from literally like, I just got to squeeze this pop fly. We're national champions to losing that game and having to come back the next day and like muster some sort of like energy to try to win it again. That's tough, man. That's some borderline like Steve Bartman stuff. Oh yeah, I mean that's tough. Like, think, think, like you work your like imagine like you. You're in the national championship in football, right? And you're playing quarterback. You work your whole career to like get down there and like you throw a game winning touchdown and you think you just won a national championship. And then they're like, Oh, you had twelve men on the field, you gotta run the play over. Like, I mean, like that's that's tough to bounce back from. I couldn't imagine. I would I not win. No, not at all. Um, I did want to point out one thing before we had to break. Uh, I know that we just kind of glossed over like the things we're looking forward to for 
um, the football season coming up, but do you want to give some insight as to what we're going to do in the next few shows leading into the season? Yeah. So we just did our, what are we most excited about? We're going to go through each conference and go through season predictions, ranking predictions, and um, kind of go through each conference and, and predict what we think is going to happen and kind of break down the league a little bit. Rosters, new coaches, new players. That's that's fine. So, um, yeah, that'll be probably the next four or five episodes. So, yeah, I'm uh, this kind of got me buzzing, man. I'm 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 looking forward to the season. We're all like, it's damn near July. You got to get through the dog days of July, but once it's August one, it's basically like. Like all the summer camps are starting. Like it's basically football season. Yeah, man. it's basically football season. So appreciate you guys hanging out with us tonight. AJ, I'm looking forward to the next uh, few episodes. And then we'll finally get to the season, man. <laughs> I can't wait, man. I appreciate you uh, hanging out with us for a little bit today. Glad to have you back. Um, as always, uh, for you all listening, please, please, please take a second to to subscribe to our podcast on Apple uh, Podcasts, on Spotify, or wherever you listen to us at. Um, and then once you do that, please take a second to um, rate us and leave us a review. Those go a long way. Like, you just truly don't understand how long those those go for us to uh, to help our podcast get get seen and, and for more people to watch and look at, at us. So, uh Please, if you got a moment, please take a second to do those. And um, again, as always, we appreciate you all listening. All right, man. You have a good one. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. See you. See you, bud. Our producer dropping the ball. Dropped what ball?